Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Before we get into that, we're going to talk tennis because the last major of the season gets underway uh, tonight. Well, all the we've had all the qualifying, but the first round proper gets underway tonight. And uh, SEN tennis commentator Brett Phillips joins us. G'day, Brett. How you doing? Ricardo, good morning. Uh, going well, thank you. That's a story, mate. And, uh, you know, so many storylines ahead of this US Open, but I, I think the one that we need to address first is uh, the Serena Swan song. I mean, this is going to be the last time we see her as a professional tennis player, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. She's not great at saying uh, goodbye, Serena. Um, and, look, this is going to be it. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, she is, uh, with all due respect to her you know, magnificent career, Ricardo, she's on her last legs, and as you would be, uh, about to turn 41 and still trying to play uh, professional tennis uh, at the highest level. Uh, the game, you know, continues to emerge and grow, and these young players uh, coming through are... Uh, pretty fearless in the way they play, not necessarily playing the reputation on the other side of the net. And and Serena, well, you know, had, wants to start a family. Uh, well, sorry, wants to continue her family. Uh, so that makes it even harder to uh, try and have a second child and play professional tennis at the age that she's at. And, uh, you know, it was going to come to an end at some stage. Uh, what, what's interesting is that um, her and Venus have got a wild card into the doubles. We haven't heard anything from Venus, who's a year older, mm. as, as to whether she's going to bow out. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Venus just sailed off into the sunset as well without any sort of official announcement. But, yeah, I think it'll be an absolute full house on Arthur Ashe Stadium. They did sell out the first two nights, uh, d- depending on the draw, where she was going to be placed. So she'll play on the opening night, prime time, 7 o'clock in New York, and... 23,000 will uh, will be there. And whether she can uh, win a couple of rounds, I mean, her form coming in hasn't been great in the in the build-ups in the last uh, few weeks. So uh, she's got a player called Dunker Kovinic of Montenegro, who I, I did see once uh, get beaten in 44 minutes uh, with two bagel sets by our very own great Ash Barty on Rod Laver <laughs> Arena. But I think she's come a fair way uh, since then in the last uh, couple of years. But, you know, she's... Uh, got to deal with the occasion with everyone in Serena's corner. But, yeah, her legacy, her imprint on the sport, I mean, it, it extends, you know, way beyond just the tennis court. And, uh, yeah, been an been incredible part of our lives since, what, the late 90s. Yeah, it'd be uh, sad to see her go, a, tr- a true go. And I think, you know, Brett, People tend to, and I, I think this is just a bit of a hangover from, you know, excuse me, I don't know your age, but I was going to say from our generation. Uh, but we seem yep. to preface things with, you know, she's a goat of women's tennis. I think she's just a goat of tennis, isn't she? Full stop. Well, when you talk the absolute 
yeah, legends of the sport. And sometimes we can, you know, inflate the word legend in, in sport. Uh, she's absolutely uh, right up there. And, and, and tennis has always been, when we sort of look back in past generations, we always talk about the amateur era and we talk about the open era. So, yeah, in the open era, I mean, she's won the most Grand Slam titles on the women's side um, and on the uh, on the men's side, uh, full stop. Although, you know, who knows whether Djokovic and uh, Nadal will pass uh, 23 as the wave of men are certainly coming through, making that a little bit harder now. Um, and the age they're getting to. But, yeah, I mean, certainly it has always been the comparison to to Margaret Court's record, which was predominantly in the amateur era, 24. She hasn't, I mean, she's had ample chance to equal, at least in the last uh, four to five years, hasn't been able to do that. Uh, but if you just put that aside, I mean, some people... You know, it's all subjective, isn't it? I mean, some people say Steffi Graf's the greatest player they've ever seen, and Steffi won 22 Grand Slams. So it's you know, like the debate with the men. Uh, everyone's going to have a, a different opinion. But, yeah, she's been just a huge figure. I mean, just the Williams sisters uh, and, and, and the way they burst onto the scene, they just changed women's tennis. Uh, and anyone who's not seen the movie um, depicting their life, uh, I recommend you go and see it because it is a pretty accurate account of, you know, growing up in tough times in LA and a career that uh, just prospered and what they've done off court as well. I mean, they've set up these sort of, yeah, booming uh, empires. <laughs> so, yeah, their, their lives beyond uh, tennis are, uh, are full of riches. Yeah, they are indeed. It's it's like uh, a good friend of mine who's a, a tennis aficionado, Hugh Bainan, said, you know, he's a big Roger Federer fan, and he said uh, Novak Djokovic might be the winningest tennis player of all time, but, no, uh, but Roger's the greatest. Yeah. Well, I, I've been asked it a lot, and uh, I always maintain in my mind Roger Federer is the best I've seen, and it, it depends how you view it. Yeah, if you're looking at the aesthetics of tennis and the way he plays the sport, uh, he, to me, has been the best player that uh, I've seen in, in the era where I've watched tennis. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, as we've seen, uh, one era replaces another, replaces another, and the next generation is already emerging, uh, and, you know, whether they're going to achieve the records of a Serena or Roger Novak or Rafa, uh, that could be tough in the next uh, 10 to 20 years, but uh, I don't think the sport's going to go downhill. There'll be a golf uh, when they all go. Uh, but, you know, we might have thought that years ago when McEnroe and Connors and Everett and Navratilova were all part of the game, that who's going to replace them? So, yeah, there'll be there'll be the next crop who will emerge and... Um, yeah, there'll be plenty of great stories. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the one of the stories uh, this tournament is going to be about who's going to finish uh, the U.S. Open as the number one man in the world because Djokovic is not there. It's his second Grand Slam this year. He'll miss due to not being vaccinated against COVID. Uh, Rafa Nadal is there, of course, but I have heard, and maybe you can give us an update on this. I don't know if you if there is one, but uh, that Mrs. Nadal was back in Spain expecting a child. I think she's at 31, 32 mm. weeks, and, and there was complications. So that might have been something that was distracting him and no, no guarantee that he was going to start was the last I heard. Yeah, I was just having a little uh, listen to his press conference. All the players obviously do media day there, and I was having a good listen to that last night. Obviously, a lot of focus on um, his injury from Wimbledon, and he hasn't really played. He played one match in Cincinnati last week and went out first round to Borna Chorich, and he hasn't been practising at absolute full tilt either, particularly with the serve. Um, so it's going to be an interesting watch, and he's got a young Aussie in the first round, Rinky Hijikata, who we're a massive fan of here in Australia, who's uh, cracked the top 200 in the last uh, few weeks, so big occasion, second night on Arthur Ashe Stadium, but 
I mean, Rafa's always got this cap- this um, this capability of stepping up when it counts. I mean, he's, he's you know, performances at the Grand Slams this year, he's undefeated in Grand Slam tennis. Uh, so that can bode him well. But, yeah, look, I, there's, I have heard that story across uh, the weekend, and he's such a professional Rafa with his team that they'll uh, they'll get to work and, and deal with what they need to deal with. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch that first round, just how he moves and... You know, hopefully from our point of view here, Rinky can just take it up to him and uh, sort of play like uh, he's got nothing to lose and really try and stretch Rafa. Which would be great, uh, and that's what we want to see. I, I tell you, another big name, we, we've kind of mentioned him, but haven't uh, haven't really addressed it. While we talk about Serena saying goodbye and how long Rafa's got and where the Novak's going to go past uh, Serena's numbers, we haven't mentioned Roger Federer, who's obviously had some surgery. We, he missed the French Open. I think it'll, there was some thought that he might make Wimbledon, but that didn't happen. Uh, no mm. word on where he is at the moment, or, or, or have we seen the last of Roger and he's just fading away into the sunset? No, I can, I can absolutely tell you he will, uh, he'll be back for the Labor Cup, so that's uh, that's the comeback, uh, which is going to be, what, about two weeks after the US Open at the, the magnificent O2 um, in London. So the Labor Cup, which is going to be into its, what, fourth year, I think, so it'll have uh, Murray Federer, Djokovic and Nadal all playing uh, in in the same team, which is Team Europe, uh, which is going to be absolutely uh, brilliant. So that is the first time we're going to see Roger back. Now, that's a little introduction in. If he gets through that, he is going to enter his home tournament in Basel in Switzerland, which is the ATP 500, which is, what, about a month later in October, uh, which he's won about, I think, <laughs> nine, ten times and, and dominated. So they're the two he's earmarked. Beyond that, no confirmation of any sort of schedule and what it might look like for Roger. So he needs to see if he can, you know, get through that uh, and then make some decisions as to what, you know, the last little phase of his career looks like. I mean, we'd love to see him in Australia uh, one last time, although I don't know whether he wants to put himself through the hard courts of a a January hot summer in Australia. He might just uh, target certain events next year. Where he's going to bow out is the million-dollar question. Everyone would love to know. I don't think there's going to be sort of some grand farewell tour, um, but uh, the the end is certainly coming near, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, unfortunately, I think that Basel Open is going to have to be renamed the Federer Invitational, isn't it, when he does call it quits? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he pretty much owned it. Uh, well, your thoughts then on the US Open. Who do you think... Uh, is going to be there come come the, the final. I know it's two weeks. I know you've talked about Ooh. Rafa struggling. I think mm. serving, he said, has, has been an issue. So, I mean, Alcaraz, yep. Sitsipas, Rude, uh, Medvedev, who are you thinking? It's a good crop there, Ricardo, no doubt. Uh, look, you know, Rafa's always going to be in contention uh, because of what he's done in the game. You know, Sitsipas on a hard court, not totally convinced. Uh, lost that final to Chorich a week or two ago. Uh, you know, Medvedev returns to a place where he's got great memories of winning and having also made a final, and his his uh, performances on hard courts have really uh, you know, elevated him up to that number one status. So you love Medvedev on a hard court, even though he's had not his absolute best year, even though he is where he is, and he's missed that chunk of not playing Wimbledon, and he's tried to come back, um, uh, you know, the last few weeks, won a title and lost Carbos. So... Yeah, look, he, he probably deserves favouritism, but anything could happen amongst that crop. I mean, Elkaraz and 
Yeah, Casper Rude, uh, Holgerun, who we saw um, you know, play a great French Open. I mean, they're all they're all got their chances, but suddenly the men's has become a little bit more hard to predict because mm. the field is a little wider open. I mean, our very own Nick Kyrgios here, we hold our breath every time. I mean, I'm looking at Nick's draw, and he has got fellow Aussie Thanasi Kokonakis, which is sort of great in a way, which puts Australian tennis on the map, but... Uh, you would love to see both of them go through to the second round. But if Nick wins that, his draw is actually quite good. And he he could do anything, as we know. But we're always um, concerned, you know, above the shoulders with Nick. It could explode at any time. So I think Medvedev, uh, you know, Kyrgios, that could be, a, you know, potential. Um, I think they actually would meet in a, in a quarterfinal. They're on the same side of the draw. As far as the women's goes, well... We say it every time, Ricardo. Just throw a blanket over about twenty women who could who could win a Grand Slam. It is that open. I mean, Iga Swiatek, the world number one, who was so dominant to the French Open, what won thirty seven matches straight. Uh, but since then, she's been patchy. So she's come back to the pack. Uh, no guarantee. You know, is Naomi Osaka going to step up? I mean, surely Emma Raducanu can't have the fairy tale two years in a row. That would be extraordinary. Um, there'll be someone that emerges that I, as I just scan through the draw here, that you cannot see from uh, a long way out. And that's, I suppose, the great part about women's tennis is that it is highly unpredictable. I'll guarantee you Serena won't have the fairy tale ending. That would be one of the sporting stories of the century if she had 40 won the US Open. I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm sort of talking a little bit vague here, but this is how tough it is to predict uh, both um, both the men's and the women's going into this US Open. And the guarantee at this stage of the year, this is the one Grand Slam that will throw up a Raducanu like last year because mm. the players are a little bit more fatigued at this st- stage of the year, August, September. They've been on tour for a long time and not everyone loves that New York environment. It doesn't suit every player where the fans have no etiquette whatsoever. It's boisterous, it's loud, it's in your face, it's New York. And, and some players just don't cope that well with it. Yeah, you'd almost think that plays into Kyrgios's hands. Uh, I was looking at the, as you were talking, you know, I decided to look up the odds. Uh, these are the odds at the TAB over here, mate. Medvedev is a favourite at 310. Rafa, yep. 433, uh, $4.33 is second favourite. Alcaraz, third favourite at fives. Nick Kyrgios is the outright fourth favourite at $8.50. Mm. Well, I mean... Nick Kyrgios, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, obviously, on our tennis program, the first serve on SCN, and we talk about it, I feel like I've been talking about it for a decade, but he plays top five tennis. But Nick's never been able to get to that level because, obviously, you know, he doesn't want to grind like all the other players, doesn't want to spend necessarily eight, nine, ten months out on the road. And when he plays, he has impact. I mean, no one serves probably better in the game than Nick Kyrgios uh, right now. So if you can keep the mental state, which has always been the issue, but that Wimbledon final, you know, going that far, hopefully gives him a bit of vindication that, no, I can I can dig in for seven matches, whatever surface, and, and not wave the white flag and it gets too hard. Um, so, yeah, if he plays lights out, he could do anything. Good stuff, Brett. I know you've got a busy two weeks ahead of you, mate. Enjoy it. It's going to be a fantastic tournament, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again before it's all over. Yeah, pleasure. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.